Father, we thank you that we can always turn to you. Lord, there are some things that are going on in our midst. There are things that are going on in our lives right now that sometimes look impossible. But we thank you that we can always turn to you because we know that you are able. We know that you're capable of meeting the needs that seem to look impossible. So in faith this morning, we turn to you. We turn to you in a way that acknowledges your glory, your goodness, your love, your profound nature. But we turn to you also in the understanding that there are things that are going on right now that just need something. And it needs you. And we walk with the faith that if anyone can do it, it is you and you alone. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. Father, we also ask, Lord, for the teaching of the word that your spirit would speak to us this morning. Give us clarity of mind. Help our hearts to receive what it is that you have for us this morning. I ask, Lord, that you make us ready to be expectant of all the things you are capable of doing in our lives. Help us to hear, help us to receive from you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you guys give the Lord a praise in this place? Amen. Well, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, yeah. yeah thank you. Uh, it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Okay, okay, okay. Well, it's good because the Lord is with us. He is going to do a profound thing through his word in us. And uh, just before I get started, I want to just also state that we have a mission trip coming up August 31st to Uganda. And we've noticed that the need is becoming a little bit larger. So um, there's two options on when we come back, but I, I would like for those who have the calling to go on a mission trip to start praying for this one. If you discern or sense the Spirit nudging you this direction on maybe joining us to Uganda, if you could just let me know after service or email me or email uh, mission so that we can partner with you on that direction. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. Well, today, can I just share with you that today is, it has been a little bit intimidating because of the kind of text that we're going to be looking at. Just kind of walking through this particular text, I know it's language that's going to be used today is not language that we use all the time, okay? And going off of what we heard last week, which was a, a powerful message, amen? And in that powerful message, we understand that this miraculous event happened in Saul, who we know to be Apostle Paul, uh, was converted from being an opposer of, uh, of Christian or believers, uh, but he then was converted by the power of God into the kingdom of God and then began to start preaching the message that was going against the grain of what he was formerly taught. 
you see. And in that, you see this church kind of going through some things, uh, but you see this conversion experience, and it was a miracle, right? And in all of that, sometimes we can talk about this word miracles and just kind of become skeptical or nervous, so what direction are we going today? And this is what I'll say on this. I want us to keep an open heart and an open mind on our text today, because I know that there are some theological standpoints where some people can believe that if you just think it and believe that by faith that you can have it, you can name it, and then you can have it. I'm just going to let you know right now, that's not what this is. That's not what this is about. And that I don't believe anywhere in scripture does it call on Jesus to look like a genie, right? He is God. He has a sovereign will, and he calls us to do something. And sometimes we partner with him, and he calls us to have faith, and then things happen. Amen? And in that, we get this little questionable thing about the power of God. You know what I mean? Sometimes we can talk about the power of God. We know about the power of God. But sometimes experiencing his power can be a little bit of a question, right? But I have an interesting story. It's a very unique story, and it's apparently a true story. It's a very true story, and it's going to make sense in a little bit here. But uh, I heard it at a conference where a preacher was utilizing uh, an example about the power of God, but he utilized this story. And I, I really feel that this is something that can resonate maybe with some of us. But uh, a bar called Drummond's in Mount Vernon, Texas, began construction on an expansion on their building, hoping to grow their business. In response, a local church started a campaign to block the bar from expanding, petitions, prayers, etc. But about uh, a week before the, the bar's grand opening, a bolt of lightning struck the bar and burned it to the ground. Afterward, the church folks were rather smug, bragging about the power of prayer. The angry bar owner eventually sued the church. Oh. Yeah. On grounds that, the, that it was the church's fault, was ultimately responsible for the demise of the building through direct actions or indirect means. Of course, the church venomously Denied all responsibility or any connection to the building's demise. So the judge read carefully through the plaintiff's complaint and the defendant replied, and the defendant's reply. He opened the hearing by saying, I don't know how I'm going to decide this, but it appears from the paperwork that we have a bar owner who now believes in the power a prayer. I love how you clap at that. But he doesn't stop. He, he keeps going. But I also see an entire church congregation that does not. I found this to be a very unique story because it's something that we sometimes can struggle with when we talk about miracles or the power of God or the power of prayer being answered on the spot. Some of us may become skeptical. Some of us may want to ask a little bit more questions. But here's the factors. We have to acknowledge this, that God today still works in profound ways. 
And here's the thing about this. In his natural state, in his natural sovereign state, it is sometimes our supernatural experience, right? But those are the things that we have to keep in mind as we go through this text, because who we're going to focus today is on Apostle Peter. Apostle Peter, we know him through the scriptures as he walked with Jesus in the Gospels, right? We understand that he was a fisherman. He was a, a normal person like you and I. He was a fisherman that decided one day to follow Jesus. And here's the difference between maybe Peter and I. We, 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 we have the difference in we walk with him in faith, but then he actually got to walk with him in the flesh, that was, that's the only difference that I would say about Peter and maybe us today, right? But here's something that we have to acknowledge. Peter was somebody who we could see that needed to grow a little bit in his face. Even as he was walking with Jesus, you could see Peter waver here and there with his faith and with maybe his trust level with what's being stated and what's being done. You see an individual that had to grow a little bit. You, we understand him to be one who walked on water with Jesus, and then all of a sudden he drowns because maybe he lost a little faith. We, we understand him to, to confess and profess that he is the Lord, but then at the same time try to rebuke Jesus for stating that what's going to happen. He was here and all over the place. And can I just say that sounds similar maybe to us and maybe our walking experience? Sometimes we can get into a place where we can struggle and waver sometimes. But what we see in Peter going past the, the ascension of Jesus is something different. We understand him to be somebody who wavered and denied Christ three times. But at the same time, when Jesus was with him and then he ascends to heaven, you start to see Peter mature. You start to see him begin to walk in a, in a different way, with more of an assurance, with more of a confidence, or you see. But in understanding Peter, I want us to make sure we understand what's going on in this text. And I want us to look at verse 31 real quick. And this is where uh, Kevin ended. And I'm just going to start it off here because there's a few things I want us to look at. In verse 31, it says, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. So there's a few things that we can look at. There's a profound thing that's happening in this church. Number one, like I stated earlier, there was a profound event of Apostle, uh, Apostle Paul coming to know who Jesus is, right? The conversion of Saul. And that was a miraculous event. They, there was a great opposition against the church. And then all of a sudden they see this miracle happen in conversion. They start to see more and more people come to know who Jesus is. And then we can say here, there's a few things. Number one, we look at this text and say that the church is in a strong and healthy position. Number two, the church was walking in reverence of the Lord. They had a reverence, a respect. They always walked with, to glorify his name. They relied on the leadership of the Holy Spirit in the church and was comfortable with his leadership. So even as we look at, number one, the church was in a strong, healthy position, we understand that, yes, he may have converted Paul, but here's one thing that we need to know. That doesn't mean that all opposition was done at that point. It really means that there's something going on in the inside of the church where they had a sense of peace and a sense of trust that God was ultimately in control. 
Amen? Number two, they walked in the reverence and the fear of the Lord, and they relied on the Holy Spirit. And I think the questions that we need to ask ourselves today, just looking at verse 31, is, is our relationship with the, with the Lord in a strong and healthy place? Do we walk in reverence? Uh, are we comfortable with the Holy Spirit leading us? And the reason why I have to ask these questions is because we have to understand that Apostle Peter, as he's about to go on this journey that we're about to look at, you have to understand he walks with these attributes. He has a relationship with the Lord. He acknowledges the Lord in everything and every work that he is doing. And number two, he walks with a reverence and respect, understanding the authority and the name and the, and the sacrifice of what Jesus did, and he is comfortable with what the Holy Spirit is sharing with him to do. We need to ask ourselves, where is my relationship with you right now, Lord? Do I walk in reverence? Do I walk in the fear of the Lord? And here's one thing. A lot of people have asked me, how can I walk in fear of God, a God that is so loving? How am I supposed to fear a God that is so loving? And, and just to keep this in context and just to keep the name who's above every name in context, we have to acknowledge this. We always have to ultimately understand that God loves, his grace is sufficient, he is merciful, but we also have to understand that one day we will meet him and he has the answer with whether we're going to the kingdom or whether we're not. So in a sense, we have to have an, a balance of fear and respect to the Lord, right? So in that, understanding that as a foundational thought, are we also comfortable with the Holy Spirit leading us? Meaning when we're in scripture, when we are praying, whenever we are devoting ourselves to the Lord and we see or feel that the, the Lord is leading us to a direction, do, are we comfortable with the Holy Spirit challenging us to go, challenging us to move, challenging us to share, challenging us to pray. Are we comfortable with his leadership? See, looking at verse 32 to 35, we're going to see something here. And it says, now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise up. And for fathers who have to say this, make your bed. <laughs> and immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. See, looking at this text, it's like, you know what, Peter's going out and doing whatever he wants to do. No, he's not doing whatever he wants to do. He is doing the work of the Lord. You see, it utilizes language like, now as Peter went here and there among them all. It's almost like the slogan we have been utilizing for a while. We are called on mission with everyone everywhere. Oh my goodness, let's try that again. We are called on mission with everyone everywhere. And being called on mission, we have to be confident in his power. We have to be confident in who he is. And that is the attribute that we see here with Peter. He is confident in what God can do. He's confident in the relationship he has with him. He's confident because he walks in reverence like the church. He's confident with the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And you can utilize and you can tell that he is being led at this moment 
by the Spirit to say, in Christ's name, get up and walk. You have to understand that it's not just by his own personal agenda just to be known that this is being done. We have to be understand that when we look at the descriptive nature of the works of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, this is the works that are continuing in the, the, the works of Peter. He is not doing this in his own strength, nor is he doing it in his own power, but it is do, he's doing it by his spirit, you see. So in this, we have to acknowledge this, his power... The Holy Spirit in power is utilizing Peter at this moment, challenging him to be bold, bold enough to pray a crazy prayer. I don't know if anybody in this room has prayed a crazy prayer that get up and walk or anything like that, but can I just share with us, there, we should walk with a healthy confidence in the power of God, right? But I also ask that as a question. Because today is not about thoughts, it's really about questions to self-examine. And the first question I have for us today, are you confident in the power, confident in the power of God? Are you confident in the power of God? Now, like I stated earlier, the power of God is not utilized with our own agenda, but it, he is the one who leads us. We can't call things into existence. It is us who, who he compels to pray and compels us to go. It is him who ignites us with the passion in the heart to, to go to those who truly need him. And here in this sense, Peter went to somebody who was paralyzed. And Peter went to somebody who was paralyzed and called him healed in the name of Christ Jesus. He, he wasn't concerned about the nature of his body he was more concerned about the obedience of the Spirit, so he just called this individual up, and he walked. It's a powerful thing. In our day today, I understand that miracles are something that we are at times skeptical of, like I stated earlier. But as we walk and as we are challenged by faith and in our faith, are we confident in the authority and power of God in our prayer life, in our conversations, when we are going out on mission with everyone everywhere all the time? Are we confident that he is able to be with us as we converse with those who need to know Jesus? Are we confident in the power and the workmanship that he is able to heal somebody or speak to somebody in a way, in a place of brokenness? Are we confident that when he sends us out to the workplace, around our families, around our friends, that he's able to utilize us in that capacity? Are we confident in his power? When we read the scriptures, does it give us confidence? When we pray, are we confident and are we expectant that God is going to move? Are we just throwing up something in the air, just hoping for the best? That's a question and I really sense that the Holy Spirit asked me this week as I was working through this, this text, what kind of confidence are we walking in? As we understand, Peter is, a, is a, an example of maybe how to walk and look as we walk in our faith. But you have to understand, he was on a missional journey. And this is a journey that we have been called on to uh, from the, the book of Matthew, verse 28, uh, chapter 28, when he calls us to the Great Commission. 
And as he calls us in this great commission, he calls us to go, be on mission. And we understand that everywhere out there is a mission field. But as we go, are we confident he's with us? Are we confident in his power? Are we confident that he's speaking to us? Are we confident in the prayers that we pray? See, looking at this confidence, it did not glorify the name of Peter. It glorified the name of the Lord Jesus. And the reason why we acknowledge that is because of what happened at the end. All those who knew Aeneas really just came to know who Christ was. That was such a profound testimony. It was such a profound work that, was being, that had been done. And people came to know who Jesus was. His name was glorified. But even as his name was glorified, you have to understand that there are some individuals in a different town. And we're going to look at verse 36 through 43 in just a moment. But there's some individuals in another town that got, probably got word of this. And it's going to actually say this. I'll just go ahead and read it now. It says, now there in Joppa, a disciple named Tabitha, which, translates mean, which translated means Dorcas, she was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her up in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men urging, urging him, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and their other garments that Dorcas made while she while uh, she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And it became known through all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. You see, in this work that Peter was doing, he was confident in the power of God, but there's one thing that he did as well. When the individuals heard that Peter was in a town next over, it's like he was in Plano, Texas, and People in McKinney heard that Peter was in Plano, and they sent people to, to Plano from McKinney just to hear, and, hey, hey, can you come over here as well? He walked. He, he, they traveled straight over. Here's the one thing that I, I noticed about today's culture and moment, and, and not to step on any toes, but Peter made himself available. And I'm not going to lie. I felt a little convicted because sometimes people can ask a lot of, out of us as believers. But one thing that we can do is become very busy and so busy that we're not willing to pray or think about what the Holy Spirit would call us to do at that moment. Peter made himself available. And I believe the question that we have to understand or ask ourselves is this, are you making yourself available for the Holy Spirit to use you? 
I think there's many different areas that the Holy Spirit can use you. He can use you, like I stated, in your workplace. He can use you with your family. He can use you with your friends. He can use you in many different areas here in our community, in maybe the city next over. He can use you. But are we making ourselves available for the Holy Spirit to speak to us, for the Holy Spirit to use us, for the Holy Spirit to, to open, help us to open the, the minds and hearts of those who might be lost in brokenness, to help us to pray for those who are really in really dire situations. Are we allowing His Spirit to lead us? I think if we ask ourselves these questions, we can maybe think of a few moments where somebody needed an answer, or maybe somebody needed a prayer, or somebody needed some wisdom, but maybe we might have been too busy. Maybe we had to go to an event. Maybe we were committed to something else. It's unique how those things can happen when open conversations can happen, especially at some of the most busiest of times. But are we making ourselves available? Because in this situation, you have a town in Joppa that needed the presence of somebody who knew the Lord. They needed somebody who knew the Lord directly at this moment because somebody very dear to them had passed away. Somebody very dear to the community. She was a very charitable individual. Somebody who was living up to her name, meaning Dorcas, meaning encouraging she was charitable. She was living up to her name, had passed away, and it hurt a community. But yet, the people in this town sent for Peter. And Peter came, and here's the profound thing. Peter, as he was seeing the, hurt, the hurting people, he went into the room and he prayed. And him praying for Dorcas, and him praying for Tabitha, you have to acknowledge this, that he was relying on the Holy Spirit. He was relying on God at that moment. He can't do this work. This is something that's beyond him. Whatever needs to happen, whatever response comes from this, I have to be devoted to prayer. And that's what he did. He devoted that moment to prayer, and then he looked over and told her to arise. That is a powerful testimony, right? And it will be a very powerful testimony to those who are living in that town at that time. And like I stated before, it is never to glorify Peter, but is always to glorify God. His name, Jesus, being known that it was in this name that this miracle was performed. That is what drove people to believe. That is what drove people to add numbers to the kingdom. That's what drove that whole event. It was the Lord Jesus Christ and his power. But the thing is, Peter made himself available for the Holy Spirit to use him. And I think we need to ask ourselves, is he using you? Or maybe when was the last time the Holy Spirit you knew that the Holy Spirit used you. But as we move on, I just want us to keep this perspective of this, that we do serve a God that defies the, the perspective of mankind. 
And at times, we may, we may not look at somebody who is physically dead, and he may not call us to pray for somebody to arise that is physically dead, but there are a lot of people. And can I, can I just be straightforward, and can I just preach it like I feel it this morning? Can I just preach it like I feel it? Because at the end of the day, we have to acknowledge this. We are a community of believers, a community that walks in faith, understanding that we we serve a God that defied death itself. He rose from the grave, being beaten to death for all of us. And by his wonderful and most amazing power, he rose. And in that, he ascends to heaven. Do you believe that this morning? Now, if you believe that, then we already believe that somebody had been risen from the grave. Do we believe that Jesus, when he was on this earth, raised somebody from the dead in a few different environments? Do we believe that? We believe in the power and workmanship of Christ. Can we just understand that he has done some profound things? But let me, let's just be very clear. There's some of us who walk around with people who may not be physically dead, but they might be spiritually dead. People who are lost in a place of darkness and brokenness at this very moment that need every ounce of hope that they can possibly get. And guess what? We may not call them to arise from physical death, but we might be the people that has the testimony, that has the word, that has the wisdom from the Holy Spirit to share that they would arise spiritually and come to know who Jesus is. We have to acknowledge that we walk with somebody so profound and so beyond our imagination that he wants to use you. He wants to use you and I. And as a matter of fact, he calls us to it. So even as we talk through what miracles may look like, let's not neglect the miracle of salvation Because some of us have testimonies. Some of us know people who have been in complete darkness but now are walking with Christ. It is a testimony and it shows the power of God in that moment. When somebody's dead but now alive in Christ. Amen? Now now that we believe that Christ can do some profound things, when we are on mission with everyone everywhere all the time and we are being made available for the kingdom of God to be heard, there might be times where the Holy Spirit just shares with us and nudges us a direction to pray for individuals to either be made well or maybe to come to know who Christ is or maybe to to mend relationships. And then all of a sudden, by God's divine power, something happens. But let's just be clear on this. We are not doing it by our own strength nor by our own perspective. We are doing it with the consciousness of understanding the Holy Spirit's leading us that direction. Amen? Meaning, don't walk and try to do things outside of the will of God. That's that's what I'm trying to say here. Don't think that Jesus is a, a genie in the bottle that you get to just kind of call him up and do what you want to do. No, we are so submitted and devoted to his kingship. We are aligned. We are worshiping him. We are committed in scripture. And by that, his Holy Spirit may call us and direct us. But my call, my hope is that church, we would be made available for the Holy Spirit to use us. 
Can I just share with you right now, at this very moment, we are in a place and a time where our community not only needs the Lord, but it needs legacy. Church, can I say that? Can I just share with you right now that we are in a place where darkness seems to be impeding itself all over our community, and we need to rise up, right? We need to be committed and made available for the kingdom of God to be spoken through us so that people who are living in darkness and living in brokenness may come to know who Jesus is. And may we be able to rejoice when that happens. But even as we walk, even as we commit ourselves to this walk and walking in faith at times, the question, the third question I have is, do you believe God can? Some of us may think about what's going on in our own personal lives, and there might be things that God has said to you that this is going to happen by his Holy Spirit, but maybe the time frame of what you might have believed might have happened may be distorting your perspective a little bit. Maybe it's something that's happening in your life right now where things that look so hard, you know that God needs to be invited in the situation, but maybe because of all the skepticism or maybe because of all the pain that you're going through, maybe the belief God can is withered a little bit. There are a lot of things that can try to take hope away from us today in today's world. But we have to really ask ourselves a question on that is, which kingdom are you believing in? At the end of the day, there are so many people that share things with us and try to communicate with us, whether it's with the news or uh, whatever it is that's going on in our, our culture. But can I just ask us this morning, what kingdom, what kingdom are we putting our hope and trust in? Because if we put our trust in the Lord, our hope, our everything on the foundation of Christ, I believe he can. I believe he can use us. I believe he can use us, church, to go out into our community. I believe he can utilize us in a way to speak to individuals out there and then come to know who the Lord Jesus is. I believe he can utilize us to pray for needs and then be met. I believe he can. But can I just share with you one area that I got roasted on in conviction? By head knowledge, I believe he can. I know Jesus is powerful, but do I expect him to move? Am I walking with expectation that God will do something? Those are the questions that I think we need to ask ourselves. Do we walk in that expectation? Not that God's going to do what we want to do, but do we walk in the expectation that he's leading us and guiding us. And what he's calling us to do, those needs will be met because he is with us, guiding and leading. Here's one thing that we have to understand about Peter. As I acknowledged earlier, Peter is somebody who walked with Jesus and he was very normal. As as a matter of fact, we understand him to be somewhat of a hothead a little bit at times, cutting off people's ears and things like that, right? (laughs) Kind of, whoa, right? 
He is somebody who denied Christ three times, as I stated earlier. He is somebody that's similar to you and I, where we waver sometimes in our faith and our belief. But can I just share with you that Peter saw Jesus move here on the earth when he was walking with him a lot, to the point where Peter more than likely believed that Jesus can can I just share with you that Peter would have seen Jesus heal people with a variety of illnesses like leprosy and blindness and paralysis? Can I, can I let you know that Peter would have seen Jesus raise people from the dead? Peter would have seen Jesus cast out demons. He would have seen Jesus multiply food in large crowds. He would have seen Jesus obviously walk in water, which demonstrates the power over nature. Would, he would have seen Jesus calm storms, demonstrating the, his power over the elements. Uh, do, he would have seen Jesus turn water into wine at a wedding feast, demonstrating his power over creation. He has seen Jesus work over and over again. And can I also state that Peter was also utilized in healing a lame man at the beautiful gate, and he was utilized to cast out demons as Jesus actually called him out to do so. He had been utilized to multiply food, Peter being that guy in Acts chapter 4, 32 through 35. We, we understand that miracles were done. Peter had been utilized to heal a, a woman with chronic illness. So over and over and over and over and over again, Peter saw the power of God. So he believed he can because he had seen it over again. But can I just express to us this morning, for those who are in Christ Jesus this morning, for some of us who have stories where Jesus has just kind of walked us through, can we just say that Jesus has done things in our lives more than once? Yeah, has he done one thing for you recently? Can, can we just... Think about the things that God has done in our lives and say that as Peter could probably rely on the confidence of Jesus because of what he's seen Jesus do, we can actually do the same thing, meaning that he has called us out of darkness and into his light, and now our lives are looking differently than what it looked like before him. Number one. Number two, he's probably, you probably prayed things more and over and over again, and God has responded over and over again in a way that you could testify of his goodness and glorify the name of the Lord. Because does anybody walk with that kind of testimony? Because if you do, if you do, you've seen his power at work. And can I challenge us on one thing? There's one thing that I, I hope it doesn't get me in trouble, but um, theologically, when we sometimes talk about this and being led by the Spirit to pray and maybe God respond and he does something really to glorify uh, the name and uh, make known the kingdom of God to all those who need to know. Um, sometimes we can become so skeptical that we may believe that God operates like that in different areas like Africa or Latin America or third world countries, right? We believe that the power is rested over there, but sometimes because of all the accessories we may have over here, maybe we, we, we don't see it as much because we have all these accessories here. But can I just share with us today that maybe if that is our thinking, that might be a little arrogant because at the end of the day, we still need the power of God to 
perform today. And yes, we do have a lot of accessories that we need to thank God for. But at the same time, it does not dismiss the fact that we need the Lord Jesus Christ today. We need his power. We need his goodness. We need his grace. We need him to be involved in everything. We need the Lord Jesus Christ today. As much as they did in the book of Acts. And for his name to be known and his name to be understood, God is willing. I believe he's willing to do what it takes so that people will believe. And at times, if it takes a miracle, his name will be glorified. Amen? Amen. Do you guys receive that word this morning? For us this morning, I believe that God... I could discern that he wants to call up our faith and trust and belief in him. That he is able. He is capable. Not to do our thing. Not to do our agenda. But let's just say, if you are committed to Christ, if you are devoted to him, and if you love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you have given your heart over to him, and he calls you out into this place that we call Plano, whether it's your family, whether it's your workers, uh, co-workers, whether it's with anybody, anywhere, anytime, can we just understand that he is ultimately in control and that his power can do things and translate things that we ourselves cannot? Can we trust in the fact when he utilizes us by our words that is not our words, but it is him trying to be involved in somebody's life. It's not for the glory of Patrick Egan. It's not for the glory of my personal ministry. It is always for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not for the glory of Legacy Church, but it's for the glory of the God Legacy Church serves. It is not for the glory of maybe one side or the other on a political platform. It is ultimately for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we get that in our hearts and our mindsets this morning? Because as we do, I think these questions that we have today, I, I believe it will be answered. Are you confident in the authority and power of God? Are you you making yourself available for the Holy Spirit to use you, and do you believe God can? Heavenly Father, I do thank you. I thank you that you, you call us to do so many things. But out of all the calls that you have us do, you call us into relationship with you. In this relationship that we have in you, you, by your spirit, may call us to different individuals. And I just ask, Father, those you have called every single person in this room to, I would ask, Lord, that you would give us, by your spirit, the confidence to trust that you will minister. I would ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would continually work in us, that we are so discerning of the direction that you're calling us to that we would make ourselves available. Even, 
at the most inconvenient of times. I would ask, Lord, that you help us with the perspective that you can. Lord, I know that there are so many of us that know people right now, and sometimes it can be questionable about what you are capable of doing. But I ask, Lord, through us, by your Spirit, that you would minister. And as you do minister, may we always wake up with your agenda, that your name be glorified. Your name be exalted. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.